This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. I don't know about you, but I'm always looking for ways for my son to get involved and give back in our local community. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, is also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org students. That's lls.org students. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast that gives you strategies and tips for how to build happier habits into your daily life. This week, we'll talk about why you should leave something unsaid, and we'll also talk to Manoush Zamarodi, host of the terrific podcast, Note to Self. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft, my co-host, and sometimes my guinea pig. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And Gretch, I don't know what a guinea pig sounds like, but I might sound like <laughs> one today. I'm recovering from a long, lingering cold, so uh, forgive me. We'll feel better soon. Uh, first, we want to say happy birthday, Deborah. Deborah's daughter, Marjorie, asked us to wish her a happy birthday. So, Deborah, have a very, very happy birthday. Happy birthday. Um, now, Gretch, in episode 75, we had um, a similar question from two listeners about how to help their rebel sweethearts engage in the process of looking for a job. You know, what can you do? What works? And the answer um, from you was bold. The answer was <laughs> do nothing. Okay, so that's hard. Um, And we got an update. So I wanted to tell everybody about that. Madeline says, I wrote for advice about my fiance who was looking for a job near me. He is a rebel and I am an upholder. I really appreciated your advice. As you both advised, the best course of action is to do nothing. This was challenging for me. It was a huge relief for my fiance. (laughs) He is now employed in a temporary but stable and flexible position. He is working from home and it has brought him joy. In return, I am so happy to have him here. Thanks again for this wonderful advice. So doing nothing can sometimes be doing something. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, doing nothing sounds so easy, but it's actually extremely, extremely hard. So I'm impressed that Madeline did it and it sounds like it worked out great. So that's that's terrific to hear. 
Um, also, um, in episode 89, we had a conversation about how to control the cubicle in your pocket. And we talked about sending emails over the weekend. Yes. And Elizabeth, uh, you definitely busted me as someone who often <laughs> sends work emails on the weekend. And the crazy thing for me to realize was that as an upholder, like it literally never crossed my mind that I should not do that. I, I just I didn't know that maybe there was a question about whether I should or shouldn't. I, it never occurred to me. Yes, but we heard from many, many people, <laughs> Gretchen, um, who all agree you should not send work emails over the weekend. They feel very strongly about that. Yeah, no, and I, I was really surprised. Um, many listeners, thank you very much, suggested using Boomerang or the delayed de- delivery option in Outlook, which is what I use because I use Outlook. Um, so I have used delayed delivery. And it's interesting because I got an email from my agent, uh, Christy Fletcher, um, who you might remember if you listened to episode 36 because she was on as our questioner guest. Um, and this is what she wrote. And this, I thought, really showed how, as an upholder, I wasn't understanding how other people could perceive it. She said, I don't mind the e- weekend emails from you, Gretchen, because I know you aren't expecting a response. But I think a lot of people do. I actually do mind them getting from people if they seem like they expect a weekend response. As a boss, I don't send them because I think it unfairly favors employees who respond at all hours as though they're the ones who work hardest. And I worry that it creates resentment. People feeling like, oh, my boss doesn't respect boundaries. I have to be on call all the time. And sometimes people have emotional responses about things at work, like emails for their, from their boss that might be tone deaf. And then it ruins their weekend, their time with their family. I bet it leads to oblige a rebellion in some people. Mm. And I think she's right. I bet it does lead to oblige a rebellion. I think it's a great example of how someone, because of your tendency, you might not perceive a problem that's very real for someone else. And so... Um, I've learned an important lesson here, and I now know how to delay delivery for my emails. I'm proud of you, Gretch. Change. You're, <laughs> you're evolving. I am. Ugh, yeah. Oh, and on a totally different note, Gretchen, don't you have an announcement to make? Oh, uh, the holidays are coming up. And if you want um, book plates for a copy of the book for a gift that you're giving, this is for U.S. and Canada because of mailing costs, I'll put a link in happiercast.com slash 92 so you can request a signed book plate. But do it fast because um, if you want them for the holidays, um, it takes a little while for me to actually get them made and send them to you. And uh, I also have the calendar, the Happier Calendar for 2017. So if you're thinking of, starting to think about your holiday shopping, there's a, <laughs> mm-hmm. I have a long list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Elizabeth, this this week our try this at home tip is inspired by Thanksgiving, which is coming up, and that is to leave something unsaid. You will be very thankful that you refrain from making some comments. Yes, I think we all know that the holidays are a time when people often say things they wish they hadn't said. <laughs> It's a classic yeah. time for fights. I think many sitcoms uh, episodes have, have been based on this. <laughs> um, it's time for people to push each other's buttons. But you can keep the peace by just not saying the thing that you're thinking about saying. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, what? why are you there? Like, what? what is what's what do you want to get out of an experience? And it can be really fun to be with family and friends. It can be fun to reconnect. It can be fun to have a bunch of people all together. But it can also be a minefield because there's so many opportunities for people to just set each other off in a really negative way. Yeah, especially, you know, a holiday can be a time when people from different parts of the country are coming together and you have very different views, especially yeah. political views. Yeah. And in the wake of a recent election is probably a good time to think, do I want to spend this holiday arguing about this 
you know, political point or do I want to actually enjoy family members who I haven't seen in a long time? Right. It's not that you're denying yourself or not being true to yourself. It's just that you're choosing to steer things in a direction. Um, You're just choosing to pass over the opportunity to make a comment uh, that just might not be constructive in the long run. Yeah. And it's not just like Thanksgiving dinner. I was um, remembering, Gretchen, when I was maybe 22, a friend of mine's mom said that the secret to a good marriage was leaving things unsaid. <laughs> and it always stuck with me because oh. I thought that was at 22. I was like, what? I thought you fall yeah. in love and you tell the person everything yes. and they're your soulmate. Yeah. And it was so antithetical to what I thought yes. was supposed to make a good marriage that it's just lodged in my brain. Of course, now that I'm married, I totally get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's true for so many relationships that a lot of times it's just you see it like hovering in space, like it's in a thought bubble above your head, like in a Mrs. Pigglewiggle story or something. And uh, and you're like, you know what? I'm just going to I'm just I'm just going to let it float away. I'm not going to say it out loud. Yeah. So I would say before you go into a social encounter, think about how do you want it to unfold? Like how what are you trying to get out of it? And, you know, kind of calibrate where you are and what you might say. And a key to this, Gretch, to following this, uh, try this at home, is to limit the amount of alcohol you consume. <laughs> well, you know, um, Elizabeth, you know this. I mean, one of the reasons I, I drink very, very rarely, like maybe I'll have a glass of champagne if it's like if I'm, you know, at a big anniversary party or something. But I very rarely drink. And the reason I do is because I always would say things that I shouldn't have said. Um, I'm sharp tongue. I'm really combative. I'm indiscreet. And like the next day I'd be like, I cannot believe I said those things. And it's like drinking just loosens my tongue and not in a good, not in a festive, fun way, like in a mean way. <laughs> yeah, so, I have to say, I always enjoyed when you <laughs> unleash drink a little too much because I just got such a kick out of it. But yes, if you don't want to wake up with that feeling the next morning of, yeah. oh God, why yeah. did I say that? Why did I say that? Yeah. And I, I mean, we've all, we've all been there. We've all done it. Yes. <laughs> Even without alcohol, we've all woken up yes. the next day and said, why did I say that? So it's kind of like, sometimes you're teetering on the edge of, should yes. I say this? Yes. If you're asking yourself if you yes. should, the answer is probably just don't. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a very good rule of thumb because it's like if you're it's so hard to even articulate the problem is it's very hard to even remember to ask yourself that or to think about the opportunity that that you're you have the option not to say something if it's even crossing your mind because you can always say it later if half an hour a year later you're like i really can't live with myself if i don't say xyz or whatever then then you're making a mindful yes purposeful choice but it's when you're just in the heat of a conversation you're not pretty particularly paying attention you know, some people really th- thrive on conflict and argument, and then some people don't. And so you just have to think about, well, what do, what do I want to get out of the situation? What are these? Pe- what's what's the right thing for us, given these people, given the situation? Like, how do I want this all to go down? Yeah, I was going to say, Gretchen, it's, I'm sure it sounds very Midwestern of us in some ways. You know, like I know, just I don't know. say that. Um, <laughs> Bite your tongue. <laughs> but I, it's it's kind of about a time and a place. You know, it's yes, not it's that a, you shouldn't yes. have these conversations. It's just yes. that the Thanksgiving dinner table is really yeah. not the place for it. You With know? your 90-year-old grandma who wants everybody to be, like, harmonious. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? So it's just like, pick your time and your place. We're not saying leave things yes. unsaid forever. We're just saying right. 
don't ruin a moment. That's there for that's meant to do something else. Yeah. Um, And then the other thing to think about in terms of leaving things unsaid are these, you know, there are certain questions that people are always asking other people that those people do not want asked. And yet we all feel compelled to keep asking them. So we just thought we would list some of them and remind everybody, don't ask. Um, Don't ask a newly married couple when they're planning to have a baby. Yeah. Don't ask some people who are dating, when are you two planning to get married? <laughs> do not ask a senior in high school, where do you want to go to college? I've talked about this a lot with Eliza. And she talked about it on her podcast, Eliza Starting at 16, because she says, like, as a high school senior, people are constantly saying, well, what's your first choice of college? Where do you want to go? And it's just really unpleasant. And I've heard, and we've had this conversation. And then I'll see her friends. And it's like, it just comes bursting out of my mouth. Like, yeah. where are you yeah. planning? You know, it's, you just, it's like the go-to question and you really have to push yourself. I'm not going to ask the question that I know somebody is, might make somebody uncomfortable. I got to really push myself to think of something more imaginative. And I'd say a few others include, um, how's the job search going? That can be a <laughs> dicey question. How's the PhD coming along you know, eight years in? Sensitive. Uh, and I know, Gretchen, your suggestion is instead of asking those sort of targeted work questions to say, what's keeping you busy these days? And then, yes. you know, there's people have leeway to sort of share what they want to share. Yeah. And it's also a good dodge if you can't remember what somebody's doing or what their job is. It's uh, like it's, it's it's vague enough that um, yeah, people can just choose to answer the way they want, and uh, and so that's makes it easier for you and for them. So um, people will have to tell us if they're successful in leaving things unsaid. Yes, yes, and what they what they left unsaid. You can get it off your chest by emailing us. Yes, we'd I'd love to hear. <laughs> So let us know if you try it at home, um, and if it made your if it made your Thanksgiving happier or just your life happier. Generally, it doesn't have to be around Thanksgiving. Twitter, Facebook, email us at podcast at gretchenrubin dot com, or as always, you can go to the show notes for the show. It's happiercast dot com slash ninety two for anything related to this episode. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 
The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. Okay, Gretchen, you have a happiness hack for us um, that you got from a friend, yes? Yeah, so um, I know from my habits research that a lot of people you know, they, ha- they want the habit of eating healthfully and that Thanksgiving or the holidays generally is a time where a lot of people feel like they go off the rails in terms of eating healthfully. Yes. They eat a lot more than they usually uh, would choose to or they eat the wrong things, you know, not what they would what they want to be eating. And one of the things and we talked about this Elizabeth, when we uh, kind of a related thing with the evil donut bringer, mm. where a lot of people feel like the really loving thing is to really try to get people to eat a lot of food or drink a lot of drinks or whatever it is. Yes. And so and a big thing is like a fi- the family meal where like your grandma or your uncle is like, oh, I made it myself. You've got to have seconds. So I had this friend and he was Italian and he had like it's sort of like central casting grandmother who loved to bake, loved to cook, you know, very festive, warm person mm. and wanted people to just heap their plates. Mm. And he was really at a period where he was trying to eat very consciously and very healthy. And so what he, he said he, what he realized, and I thought this was such a great hack, he realized that what was important to his grandmother was that you take seconds that to her was like the sign that like, I love it so much, I'm going to have more. So what he does now is he like when he takes first, he takes like just enough to like make a mark on his plate and he quickly eats it. And then he's mm. like, Grandma, I want more of your excellent turkey or whatever. And then his grandmother beams and gives him a second helping oh. and then he eats it. And it's like, he's like, I eat as much as I want to eat. So I feel good about the fact that I'm eating healthfully. And my grandmother's happy, which is really important to him, and feels like, oh, you know, it's such a wonderful celebration. Look at them. They're like, they can't help themselves. They're eating all my food. And so I thought that was a great happiness hack. Right. Just take a little bit the first time and... Small first. Yeah. Seconds. (laughs) So you can have seconds. Love it. And now for an interview. We're so excited to have Manoush Zamarodi with us today. Manoush is an award-winning journalist and the host and managing editor of the awesome weekly podcast, Note to Self the tech show about being human from WNYC Studios. It's about how human nature interacts with technology. Manoush raises fascinating issues, runs experiments, interviews experts, and talks to listeners. She's got a book coming out next year about how boredom can spark creativity. Bored and brilliant. Rediscovering the lost art of spacing out. So, Manoush, thank you so much for being here. Oh, I am so thrilled to be brought into the sisterly fold. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we, we're both big fans of Note to Self, so it's very exciting to have you here. Thank you. I've read all your books, and I listen to the podcast, and Liz, 
I feel you on the closet situation. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, good. I'm not alone in no. my inability to clear clutter. <laughs> but, well, no. You better watch yourself, Manoush, because you and I live in the same city. That's I could true, invite actually. myself over. For That's a- kind of my fantasy, actually. <laughs> I would love to do that. Okay. Like, it's my All favorite right. thing. All right. Um, well, Manoush, you know, I love the study of human nature, and your show, um, Note to Self, is all about human nature, and through this lens of technology and how humans are engaging with technology, compelled by technology, sometimes led astray by technology, mm-hmm. um, how did, why did you pick that particular way into it? How, how, did, how did that grab you? Well, it was a weird sort of fluke. I was, you know, hardcore journalist, yeah. and I really was fascinated, uh, this was in 2013, with how tech was changing our yeah. economies, uh-huh. and like this idea that it was changing, you know, how we work, where we work, co-working was like kind of like a fascinating yes. thing to me, and it was changing all the businesses that were around me. So I really started from like an economic business angle. But the more I sort of got into it and started telling, you know, it was a very personal thing, though, that tech was doing. It was changing the way we parented. It was changing the way we found love. And it was really when I started telling those stories, the more personal stories, and that sort of coincided with podcasting taking off, which is the perfect medium to have these intimate conversations, that we decided, no, this this is a show. This is a tech show about being human. Mm. This is a tech show where we try to understand how we can use these things to be tools that help us be smart harder, better, maybe even kinder. And so that's where we are now. Right. Because technology is a good servant, but a bad master. Completely. And you, you have to, <laughs> as you well know, assert yourself. Has doing the show changed the way you view technology? Oh, absolutely. I think for me, Liz, also, it's made it, it's made me realize how much more we all need to be self-aware of things that we took for granted or at least when I was growing up you know like when I was a kid you were bored all the time you were like yeah. oh I'm so bored yes. you know yeah. and now I'm realizing like this is actually something we need to teach to our kids because they're not bored when the minute they sense that they're uh, my brain, they we shove a phone in their face or we give them a video game or they're, you know, intellectually stimulated in uh-huh. some way. And so we almost have to say that yucky feeling that you have. It's actually really important. I did. Um, I, I actually have a book coming yeah, out yeah, about no, this. Yeah. Next, next fall, right? Yes. Bored and brilliant. So this is like sort of uh, expanding on that idea, like why you think this is boredom is so important. Completely. Like yeah. I so I sort of look at the research of what happens in our brains when we get bored, what sort of intellectual work do we do and what happens when you constantly are disrupting the uh, your your boredom you know when you're standing in line to get yes. coffee and you're looking at your phone or yeah. you're rather than spacing out the window when you're riding the bus you're right. looking at your phone like it's just what we do now and right. so we almost have to like name and be very purposeful about things that we didn't used to have to do that or those of us who can remember pre, you know, 2007 when the smartphone (laughs) came out. Yeah, we always say that. It's like being an adult, so much of it is just being able to handle boredom, you know, like even in a boring work meeting or something. And I feel like kids just aren't going to have that skill. But, you know, it's like at the same time, if you're with your kid, it's hard not to give them the phone and say, well, here, watch this while I do what I need to do. Well, totally. And I think that's what we're, you know, and you guys talk about this all the time. We're having to constantly make decisions. Do I give my phone to my kid right now? You know, what am I doing that's so important that they need? Okay, yes, it is justified. I need to get dinner on the table. So the next 15 minutes, it's fine. And I'm not going to feel guilty. 
Or if you're like, well, I I just don't feel like dealing with him right now. Maybe that's maybe you need to find something that you can do together. Or maybe it's just go for a walk. Do you know what I mean? It's this constant. This thing is with us all the time and we have to make decisions about it all the time. And so for me, uh, Gretchen has good reasons. I need I need (laughs) I need to understand what the pros and cons are when I make these decisions. And so I I found that my audience was really interested in that, too. And actually, Bored and Brilliant was a week of sort of behavior tweaks that we did every day, trying to use our phones in different ways to see what what would happen. And the response that we got was just kind of extraordinary. Um, We measured it with data. And then we also measured it with people telling us, you know, some people said they felt like they were waking up from a mental hibernation, which is really amazing. Well, I think one of the good things about your show is it reminds everybody that you can be just like a passive user of these things, Mm -hmm. or you can really be very mindful of like, um, is this making me happier? Is this is this making me more creative? Is this enriching my life? Yes. Or is this somehow going to the to the other side? And um, we recently talked about uh, why you should delete a soul sucking app. Um, <laughs> yes! Elizabeth has a long tortured history with Candy Crush. Um, yes. and, and what happened? Did you delete it? Liz? I deleted it. And I deleted <gasps> Soda Crush both. Yes. How did you feel? Um, I felt great. Although Gretchen, I have a confession. Um, <laughs> uh oh, here we go. A couple of days leading up and around the election, I actually re uh, uh, downloaded it and let myself have it for a few days. Um, and then what happened? But Is I'm it still off there. Again. No, I'm off because you just sound like a. I mean, it's she sounds like a drug addict. <laughs> Let's just say it, Gretchen. Shall we? Like, but you know what? Sister, if I may, <laughs> I feel your pain because my deal was two dots. Do you know that game? I see, this is my question it. for oh. you: Is what is your? Do you have a soul sucking app? Or are well, you so evolved that you don't? So do you have? So a, I went through this bored and brilliant challenge, yes. and we had a day that was called delete that app. Oh, so it's oh, very much like oh, yeah. our try this at home. Okay, oh, yeah. you had the very same thing. completely, and people did it, and you know it was very interesting for some people. You know, it was social media because yeah. it was just their yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, other people, it was games. Yeah. Other people, it was, you know, it was something that you never would have thought of, like their like to-do list because uh. they were just like, you know, obsessive about it or whatever. ESPN.com. Yeah, it could right. be. So for me, it was this game, Two Dots, that I, you know, I'd put the kids to bed and then I'd lie down on the floor and it was like I'd made myself a cocktail. Mm. It was party time <laughs> for me and which would be fine if I could have handled 15 minutes, yeah. but I was doing it like for hours because I just, I don't know, it like lit up my pleasure centers in my brain. Yeah. But in terms of long-term goals, it was like, I, I could have learned like a new language. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was kind of depressing. But here's what happened, Liz. So I had it off my phone for 15 months. Okay. Not that anyone's counting or anything. And then I spoke to this game designer. Do you guys know Jane McGonigal? Yeah, sure. She's awesome. And she w- I was telling her how stressed I was about a long flight that I was going on. I don't like flying. Mm. And she's like, you know what? I think you should put the game back on. I oh. think it's a treat to yourself. And I think it's going to distract you. And um, so I did. And... Then she said, I said, I'm worried, though, about it. I'm not sure I have power over this game. And she's like, you know what? I think you do. I think you can do five minutes every night. Oh, no, 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 no. This is abstainer moderator. (laughs) Well, what happened? We don't know what happened. what happened? Well, I think. Oh, see, this is why moderators are so bad at giving advice. Oh, what happened? What happened? Um, I'm back in it. 
but not to the extent because I'm really trying to take Jane's. No, I play it on the subway going home. Wait, and do you then, want to delete it right here, right now? No, I, was, I can't. I was just <laughs> back up to that. like one. I think I'm at level one forty two. See, that's part of how they and, hook you, right? I can't. Go, I can't do it because I'll go back to zero. I I know. Wait, can I just so abstainer moderator? Is that yeah. some people when they're faced with a strong temptation find it easier to have none than to have a little bit. Moderators find it easier to have a little bit. Like they don't like, they get very yeah. panicky if they're told they can never have something. Yeah. So they have like one square of fine chocolate or five minutes yes. or two dots. That's the moderator way. Yes. If you, but for many, many people like Elizabeth, like me, it's easier to have none. It's with too you guys. hard yeah. to have a little bit. So I didn't eat any of my kids' Halloween candy Good. this year. Yes, absolutely. And then last nice. night I went nuts. I decimated it. I see that abstainers are all or nothing. Like once they start, the, they don't stop. The election stress, I was like, I deserve this. Mm-hmm. And I went a little my husband was like, So what's your plan? Like other than, you know, destroying the uh the stash. <laughs> yes. I was like, Nope, this is it. This is the plan. You're looking at it, buddy. Um But I will say you your book, ah. I can't remember which one, the which one's the abstainer model in? I think in the happy in the happiness project, right? Did I or is it smarter better? It- it's definitely better than before. I might have talked about it earlier, but I can't remember when I realized it. So that was a big wake-up call for me in yeah. terms of my eating habits. Yeah. And I um, I got rid of a, a lot of carbs because of that because yeah. it's definitely a, like a thing for me. Like yes. I love uh, baked goods. Yes. If it has a crust, I, I want it. <laughs> and But here's what happened. So I got rid of it just to see what that would be like. And it solved all my stomach problems. And I think you helped me diagnose a um, issue that I had with – I don't know that it's uh, – not gluten Gluten. necessarily, but there's something something in – uh, the the grain products and that doesn't so, agree with that you. does not agree with me and it's made a huge difference so thank you oh that's excellent mm-hmm. oh, I was about to hear this saving wow. lives Gretchen yeah <laughs> that's right uh, now I know you love personality frameworks I know mm. from your show that you love the Enneagram and um, you know we have this tendency framework um, whether people are upholders questioners obligers or rebels um, and you took the quiz I did at happiercast.com slash quiz yes so tell us, what is your tendency? I mean, I feel like it's kind of painfully obvious. Yeah. I host a show where I ask people questions. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, if she's not a questioner, who is? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah kind of. But you know what? Having – and this is fascinating to me. Like having – and as a questioner, it makes total sense. But having a name to yeah. describe something, labeling it really – it, it makes you feel like less of a freak show. You're yeah. like, oh, I just, this is me. This is who I am. Right. And I'm not alone. Right. And that also explains other things that I do. Right, like pe- family patterns, work patterns. Totally. Yeah, so right, complete questioner. Wait, Liz, what are you? I am an obliger, classic obliger. Um, oh. So it's nice for me because I have Gretchen to, you know, hold me accountable for things. So oh. this built-in happiness bully is very useful. Yes, for yes. <laughs> right, right. I love that she calls her that too. So she called me that oh. first. <laughs> okay, but you took it on. I appreciate I that. I embraced it, but Elizabeth, Elizabeth was the one who na- who nailed that. Um, well, it's interesting also when you're talking about like how you gave the, how you gave up carbs and everything. It's customized. That's very mm. questioner. Where it's like mm. I'm going to see this. I'm going to experiment on myself. I'm going to see what the results are, and then I'm going to customize it for me. That's mm-hmm. a very questioner way of doing something. Mm-hmm. Experiment, get more information, customize, oh, make my ton. rules for myself, and that's like, and then it's like, and then if I 
if it works, then if it's efficient and it's effective, then I'm not going to have any trouble. And probably once you made that thing, then the baked good things just kind of weren't such a struggle for you because you'd kind of made up your question or mind. Well, the decision, like yes. when I look at a menu, like already my brain blacks out yes. whatever has, you know, wheat or flour right. in it. So that that is very helpful to me because otherwise – I don't think I have a ton of self-control, as you can tell. <laughs> so you're like... using your question, you're harnessing your question or self to yeah. get what you want. You don't need self-control because, like, for you, the justification gives you that yes. that ability to follow through. Which knowledge is, like the... is power. Yeah, knowledge is power. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <You got it. laughs> At least for questioners, for yeah. At least for questioners, yes, yes, yes. Liz, can I ask you, what sort of things is Gretchen holding you accountable for right now? Uh, well, the latest one, um, which I was just texting about this morning because I thought she might ask me about it, is I declared on a recent episode that I was going to start going hiking every Saturday morning yes, while my husband and son sort of lounge in bed. Okay. Um, and I and whose idea was that? That was your idea? My idea, yes. Uh-huh. But Gretchen's holding me accountable. So <laughs> just before I um, called you guys, I texted someone to see if they would meet me to hike because I'm like, oh, I've got to be able to give Gretchen an update on this. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and what and, happens if you don't? Does she just sh- like shame you? Or like, no. what is it that makes you feel like you want to please Gretchen? I guess is what it is, right? Um, it's pleasing. not much about pleasing. It's just, if, if you know, you have to answer to someone, if you're mm-hmm. an obliger, it just, it triggers something in you that makes you do it. It's the same reason I've talked about this on the show. Like I use Jenny Craig because mm-hmm. if I know I have to go there and see somebody and tell mm-hmm. them, you know, what I ate and what I didn't eat, I'm just more likely to do it. Um, mm-hmm. even though I wish that I could just, know what I should do and do it, I don't necessarily. So this is reminding me of an episode we did about the quantified life. Yes, yes. Which um, So questioner. The whole thing is just like a massive questioner <laughs> undertaking. Yeah. yeah, but it was – we had, you know, hundreds of our listeners get in touch to sort of describe the relationship, what happened when they decided to count their calories yes. or count their steps. And there were people who were like – it was great. I made my 10,000 steps every day. I lost yeah. 10 pounds. Done. And then there were other people who were walking around their kitchen yes. every night to make up their steps and they yes. were driving themselves bananas. Yeah. <laughs> and to use... That can be upholders. Right. Your Tightening. four steps. Yeah. You know? And I just, as a as a tech journalist, it's interesting to me how these new tools and platforms and apps really play on those different four types and which makes me think it's more important than ever to know what type you are because if you don't like what it's doing to you right. you know then you should know like you're an upholder like and and so you are at I don't want to say risk but yes. your tendency is going to be to make the app happy to to right. tell them that you made your steps even if it's like messing with you well and here's a great example of that our our, our former producer henry uh, is also an upholder and he was saying how his girlfriend was suggest was having really good success with an app that was a budgeting app that like where you would you would monitor all your spending and down to the penny and she was like i'm having great results for this you should do it and he knew enough about himself as an upholder he's like no It'll overwhelm me. Uh-huh. Like the need to be perfectly consistent in doing it, like will just become this thing that I am just like constantly managing. Uh-huh. And and I was like, and as an upholder, you probably don't have trouble with spending. You probably aren't overspending. Uh-huh. And he's like, no, <laughs> it's solving a problem that I don't have. And yet I could easily become overwhelmed with this. For his girlfriend, it was a, a tool that was really useful. Huh. But he was like, that's not a tool that's going to work for me. And so, again, I think it's like know your tendency and how this might kick off good results or it might 
take you to your dark side or not. Gosh. You might be circling your bathroom to get up to your 10,000 steps. You I know. feel like you and I could curate a list of <laughs> best apps for each type. Oh, you should. Ooh, that, right? We should do that. We should do that. Ooh, I think we fun. should do that. Because this will, this will, you know, play to your type in a – certain apps can yeah. play to your type in a positive, yes. productive way and others yes. will – sap you. Oh, when interesting at our live show, Elizabeth, remember how that the rebel was saying how she was getting no, uh, reminder notifications mm-hmm. from yes. a language learning yes. app. And she said, <laughs> as a rebel, she's like, you're not the boss of me. I wanted to yes. learn Spanish, but now I'm not going to go to your site. And then she turned off the notifications yes. and she was able to go mm-hmm. back to it because it was no longer telling her That's to go back to it. See, because oh. she wanted to choose. You're not the boss of me. I'm in control. Huh. I want to learn Spanish on my time in my way. Whereas somebody else, notifications might be Huge. exactly the right thing Huge. for them. Yes. Huge. For an obliger, oh, it could be key, interesting. Key, 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 key. Now, Madush, also, we, we, we always have to try this at home in our mm-hmm. show. And we mm-hmm. always try to hit up our guests. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To give us a try this at home, um, and I'm 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 ex- it's I'm expecting this will be tech related. It doesn't have to yeah. be. Do you have a try this at home for us? Well, I do because the last project that we did was called silliest title out there, Info Magical. Oh no, I love that. Okay, yeah, good. tell everybody about that. All that right. was very cool. So this was you know what we like to do is we like to annually do a week of sort of behavior tweaks. And we have tens of thousands of people try things for five days in a row. And the one that we did most recently was called Info Magical. And the idea was to help people cope with information overload uh-huh. and find the magic of clearer thinking. And the number one challenge uh, that people found the most sort of benefits or satisfaction and felt that they could keep doing was what we called single tasking. This idea of doing one single thing at a time Mm. until it's finished because we live in this multitasking society and, you know, things that you talk about, Gretchen, um, this idea that actually multitasking is a myth. You're just quickly switching between tasks and you're burning through glucose as you do that. And so the more you do, the more tired you get, the less well you can self-regulate. And so, you know, we're not saying don't do Facebook, but if you're going to do it, just do Facebook. Right. Don't eat at the same time. Don't, Don't be, you know, filling in the Excel spreadsheet for work mm. at the same time. Yeah, like my husband who talks to me on the phone and answers emails at the same time. I'm like, <laughs> Tries you bananas, right? like, you're so busted. I can hear you typing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and not only that, he probably writes bad emails and has a terrible conversation with no, you. No, it's like the long pause, you know? It's like you can time. <laughs> totally. Yeah. It's true. So that single tasking. Single tasking. Um, really, like, so try it just for one day <laughs> one single day yes. yeah really truly because I, I have some people who really they said it they felt that they got less done but better done uh-huh. does that make sense you know what i mean right so it also i think makes you be more efficient in that you're like well maybe i don't have to do those other 10 yeah. crappy things yeah. but i'm gonna do these five things extremely well and that's very satisfying i think well, and i find that if i'm multitasking things don't like go into my memory as much i'm like did mm. i have that conversation did i do that did i return that library book like where did i put my it's like nothing really like hits the permanent file it's all just kind of vanishes and so then yep. you spend a lot of time trying to i spend a lot of time trying to retrace my steps yes um, did That's I why I forget email? my lunch all the time because what I make yeah. I'll, I'll be like today I'm gonna be a good good girl I'm gonna make myself lunch I'm gonna eat healthy and save money and then where do I leave it because I'm trying to get the kids out yeah. the door mm. and I oh wait where like am I wearing shoes do you know what I mean like yeah. so much is going on and I'm talking on the phone and texting yes. and yeah. dealing and then of course I get to work and there's my lunch isn't there because I'm not 
being purposeful. So here's a suggestion. A friend of mine, um, she had a thing where every time she like was at the front door, she would say, wallet, sunglasses, keys. Uh-huh. She lived in Texas. Uh-huh. So it was always like, wallet, sunglasses, keys. And that's she was like, good. she practically put it on the doormat. And yeah. it's like, it's just this actually, short checklist. That'd be kind of cute, actually. No. So if you were like, and it's funny, like now I think you, people don't even have to put phone on that list because you just yes. never, you're going to have your phone. But it's like, what are the three things? And it's like, if you're, it's like lunch, you know, what? Yeah. A, and just try to always have that checklist. So what you just said was so interesting to me. You just said people don't even think of their phone because it's almost like, oh, my God, I forgot my hand or something. Do you know what I mean? When was the last time somebody lost their phone? People used to lose their phones much more, and now nobody loses their phone. So that, I think, speaks back to what we were talking about earlier, this idea of things that we used to take for granted. Oh, I forget my lunch. But what if your lunch was attached to you? (laughs) So now maybe you should forget your lunch because otherwise you'll never – try that delicious bond me down the street. Ah, Do you know what I mean? Mm. So that's another thing is like maybe one day I actually did forget my phone. It was we were just going like to grab something in the neighborhood. So I I was like, I'm not going back to get it. This is this is I'm leaving it on. I know exactly where it is. It's on the arm of the couch. I am leaving it. We are going to the grocery store without a phone. Yes, it might be shocking and weird and disorienting (laughs) and feel like I left my hand at home. But I was okay, and it actually opened my senses in a way. Like, I really had to visualize, like, the list was on the phone, but that's okay. I was thinking, like, what do we have? Yeah, it like, I felt like my brain was, like, like kind of tingling a little bit. I had to use it in a different way. And and that, to me, is just, like, you know, awakening to your senses. That's about, I mean, I'm going to use the word joy, you know, really feeling very present in your life and... I really saw my kids. I wasn't looking at my phone and getting distracted with, you know, texts that were also coming in. It was just it was actually very oddly refreshing. So um, so I don't want to ever do it again. (laughs) Have you done it again? No, no, I haven't. And that just speaks to I think to the power of this this technology. I mean, it is so convenient. Yes, it is so helpful. Right. But that's exactly the reason why we have to. Just remember, it's a tool. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's I a tool. I always say it's a, it's a good servant and a bad master. And totally. the question is, are you using it? Yes. Or do you feel like you're being controlled by it or that you're somehow constantly chasing after it? And as having the fact that I'm a little bit of rebel uh-huh. means that I don't like that. That's right. right you're not right. the boss of the phone. <laughs> I got this phone. Yeah, I'm not going to leave my phone at home, but I am. It's only 8 a.m. here, so I am going to do single tasking today, Manoush. Okay. Will you tell me how it goes? Yes. Yes. Okay. Single well, I mean, tasking. only tell me how it goes, though, when you tell me don't do something else at the same time. Right. right? Yes. <laughs> make a right. point to sit down and have a moment. You have a treadmill desk, Elizabeth, but I think a treadmill you can do, right? Because that's just such an I think. And in fact, walking tends to make people think better, right? That's what I mean. That's from what they yeah. what, what they say. I mean, but I think that's also partly walking in nature. Yeah, that's um, true. So I or, or, you know, walking and my whole thing was I very much used to jog while listening to distract distract myself yeah. from the discomfort yeah. <laughs> and the pain and the huffing and puffing. Yeah. But I um I t- I had a problem with my phone when we were on vacation recently mm. and I had to run without it. Like I was gripping it. So that part was like my binky, but I, um, <laughs> but I didn't listen to it. And the first 10 minutes sucked. And then suddenly I reached this place of like. My brain just started going, thinking Ah. through things, problem solving. Like it was, I came up with some really good ideas and my phone worked well enough for me to jot them down. Oh, that's good. And so actually I, um, 
I'm trying to run once in a while without listening to anything and just leaning into the discomfort because I know after I do that, it brings me somewhere very interesting. If you're bored. Yeah, I guess so. Right. Another good try this at home. Yeah. Run without your phone. <laughs> run without your phone. Uh, which is what Moby said. Yes. Moby said, go yes. for a walk and don't listen to music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. silence. Mm-hmm. Silence. Um, well, this is great. Thanks so much for coming oh by. My God. Thank so you, fun. So yes. fun. And yes. Gretchen, you're on my show this week. I know. It's exciting. Which is exciting. Yeah. Podcast swap. Woohoo. <laughs> Liz, you're next. All right. Oh. I'm putting you on yes. the rundown. Yes. Uh, excellent. Well, thanks so much. Thanks, Thank Manoush. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small, and when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Gretchen, when I started my career, Therapy really helped me work through all of my stresses so that I was able to concentrate at work and do a good job. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Gretchen Rubin today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Gretchen Rubin. Okay, Gretchen, you're up with a happiness demerit. Retroactive, you say. Yes. I'm giving myself a retroactive demerit for all the people that I've emailed over the weekend for the last 20 years. <laughs> I, w- I did not know I was piling up demerits with every week the past, but now I realize it. So I'm sorry about that. And I will uh, I will do better going forward. So um, yeah. so there it is. I've learned I've learned an important lesson. Gretchen, I just want to be clear. You can email me over the okay. weekend. Okay. So <laughs> you have that outlet. If you Excellent. Need, if you, you, just, you need to let go of the pressure. Um, you can email me because I would rather get emails over the weekend than have like 20 on Monday morning. So. <laughs> and Christy said I could email her over the weekend. So I've got two people that I, that, that should be enough. That should be enough to keep me from like uh, breaking into a cold sweat. Um so let's just know. Uh, how about you? What's your gold star for the week? All right, my my gold star goes to Anne at Inform Fitness. Um, you and I have talked about Inform Fitness. It's our weekly weight training routine that you and I both do on opposite sides of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing about Inform Fitness is right. From the beginning, um, you do this machine called the leg press, and it's awful. Yep. You know, we all hate it, but it's very important. <laughs> and they were always telling me, I've had Sheila and Ann, my two trainers, are always saying 200 pounds is sort of like, you know, someday you'll get to 200 pounds on this. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. and But it's a thing where I'm like, I couldn't imagine getting to 200 pounds. I don't want to get to 200 pounds. That yeah. sounds horrible, you know? <laughs> Um, so that's the background of my gold star. Um, but recently I went to Inform Fitness and it was the morning after the election. Um, it was like 9 a.m. I'd only gotten three hours sleep. I still had um, a cold um, that it's just I've had this cold that just won't go away. Um, and so I, I didn't look great. I didn't sound great. And <laughs> Anne looked at me and she said, you know, do you just not want to do this this week? Maybe you're just not up for it. And I said, no, I, I'm here. Like, I want to at least try. Let's try. 
And so we got on the leg press and I did the leg press. And when I got off, she said, I want you to know, even though you had three hours sleep, even though you're sick, I put it on 200 today. I decided to give you the 200. And it was like, I felt so great in a time when I was very like, just, you know, down and, and uh, wrung out. Yeah, depleted. Um, that like I had done this huge accomplishment and that she had sort of given that to me very consciously on that day. Yes. It was, it was such a great feeling. And so I give her a big gold star for, you know, just saying, you know what? Liz needs to get to 200 today. This is like her mental boost that she needs to get through the day. And it totally worked. And now I'm like, I can't believe I did 200 pounds. Of course, I never want to do 200 pounds again. Right. But um, anyway, big gold star to Anne for um, for giving me a boost. And this one thing I think is interesting about that is that sometimes we feel like we'll feel better or that we'll be comforted if we ask less of ourselves. But sometimes it's more comforting to ask more of yourself or to push yourself. And it's a, it's such a testament to her and like her kind of reading of you that she was like, it'll be better for Elizabeth if I like give her this big challenge and she meets it rather than than like cutting it back and making it easier. And I also want to give a gold star to you, Elizabeth, because when she said, do you want do you want to just say this? This is not the day for me to do this. You said. I want to try. Like I want. I'm here. Yes. I'm gonna go. You showed up. First of all, you showed up. You didn't. You didn't let yourself off the hook. Like I hadn't got any sleep, and so I'm not gonna go. So you showed up, and then you were there. So you're like, okay, I'm gonna do it. And then you had this amazing thing. So that's like double gold star. Gold star to Anne, but also gold, gold star to you. Thank you, Gretchen. I have to say, <laughs> it was tempting to be like, you know what? You're right. I yes. probably shouldn't do it and leave. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that was yet another wonderful experience at Inform Fitness. Yes, high intensity strength training. <laughs> It has its upsides. Yes. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Leave something unsaid. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thanks again to our awesome guest, Manoush Zamarodi. You can listen to her podcast, Note to Self, from WNYC Studios. Also, thanks to our recently married producer, Kristen Meinzer, who I'm sure will leave many things unsaid in her marriage. And thank you to Andy Bowers and Laura Mayer of Panoply. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, it really does help us. If you tell a friend, maybe help a friend learn how to subscribe to a podcast, And rate and review us in iTunes. And also remember, if you're in the United States or Canada and you would like to get a signed book plate for a gift for the holidays, do it fast because I can be a little slow and you can request up at the link on happiercast.com slash 92. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. 
If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework.